0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Disrupted Podcast. If you are a Vikings fan like myself, I would imagine by this point, you are, are recovered already. We've had our hearts broken so many times that we're just pretty immune to it. In this talk, I start off really highlighting the discrepancies and what makes what makes you successful in school versus what makes you successful in life. And then I get a little bit into why the structure of school systems needs to be flipped upside down, which I believe they are currently upside down, which means they would then be right side up. You follow me. And the upside down is in reference to Stranger Things on Netflix. If you've not watched it, you need to. Hi, everybody. On this hump day, I would like to talk about the upside-down of education. If you don't know what the upside-down is, you have not watched Stranger Things 1 or Stranger Things 2 on Netflix. And I suggest you give up your weekend, your entire weekend, and if you've got kids ship them to grandma's house and sit down and watch Stranger Things 1 and 2, I would call it a combination of The Goonies, awesome. And the Silent Hill movie, which is a very underrated movie. If you haven't seen that, you should watch it. Very, very cool. Sci-fi twist, but a throwback. A lot of nostalgia in there, especially if you were a nerd at all as a child, like I was, and part of your childhood took place in the 80s or the early, early 90s. So the upside down of education, what do I mean by that? Really two meanings, and the first one is that the things that result in generally speaking in being successful in school in the classroom are not the same things that result in success outside of school in real life. In class, in school, generally speaking, school values conformity. Teachers like the docile student, the student that's quiet, the student just does what they're told when they're told to do it. Also, in school, we tend to focus on, or at least we spend a disproportionately larger amount of time and energy focusing on students' weaknesses than we ever should or you ever would outside of school. Spending time improving your weaknesses, if if it's a skill, if it's something that is a skill-based, I agree with it. I agree with improving your writing. I agree with improving your public speaking. I agree with, if it's anything to do with communication, I agree with it. If you are having someone continually factor polynomials, I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, because they did bad on the test, and they don't like math for the right reasons because they're creative, or their brain doesn't think that way, and we continually force them to do that, and we continually to up the requirements for graduation from high school and higher and higher math classes, I think that's a mistake. Luckily, in, in Minnesota at least, high, school, high schools have found a way to take the requirements of math classes at, from the state level and transfer them into the trades, which, again, is a skill. So instead of taking algebra, maybe you can take in your high school, maybe you can take uh, woodworking or architecture or drafting or something like that. That is an awesome option. We need to continue to do that because regardless of what you end up doing in your life, you'll probably own a car. You'll probably at some point you know, do some DIY home improvement stuff. You'll be like my wife and I and uh, our Saturday or Sunday morning routine is to get up early because our kids make us and watch Chip and Joanna drink coffee and dream and uh, – We've done a few DIY projects around the house. I've started so many DIY projects. Started them. Anyway, um, another reason why I think school is the upside down and the real world is the real world. In school, we tell you oftentimes what to know, not how to think. And we justify it by again, things inside the bubble of school. That test is coming up, the ACT is coming, the, uh, the, uh, the MCAs are coming. If you don't know what the MCAs are, they are my least favorite thing that exists for public schools in Minnesota today, the Minnesota Comprehensive Assessment, which is no longer required, that is no longer tied to funding, unless I'm mistaken, someone tell me. But I think it's totally optional now. So I think all schools should ditch it. And if you have those testing days built into your schedule, schools, Cut them all, plan field trips instead. Take your kids to the real world instead of taping, taking them further away from it in testing. So that's my opinion on that. What does it take to be successful in the real world? Just a few simple things, really, and I would say 99% of them come down to really two things. Knowing who you are and being honest with yourself. Then, knowing the world and being honest about what you see with the world, being objective. And when you know those two things, when you know what you're good at, when you know what you're bad at, and when you can see uh, objectively what's happening in the world, you start to see the world uh, as a place of opportunity. I'm good at this these things. And as you're observing the world and learning and constantly being open to relationships, which is what life is all about you'll start to see opportunities. Focus on your strengths. As Gary Vaynerchuk would say, triple down on your strengths, 100%, 100%, triple down on your strengths. That's what he would say. Listen to his stuff, he's phenomenal. Um, And in the real world, you're always working together. It is not individual like it is in school. We individualize students because we want to see what they know and what they can do. And some of that, I get it. Some of that, um, so that we can assess where they are. If it's, again, focusing on skills, I'm fine with it. If it's focusing on factual information, it's a mistake. How to think is much more important, especially today, especially today than it has ever been. What to know is almost worth nothing. It is almost worth nothing because information is commoditized, information is free. If I can ask Siri a question and she can answer me in less than five seconds, some piece of information, how valuable is that information? I would say it's not valuable at all. Therefore, I believe the ability to recall factual information is no longer that valuable. So let's focus on the skills, let's focus on communication, which is a skill. Let's focus on confidence. Allow people, allow those students more and more flexibility. Just like those, those schools that are allowing kids to to focus on trades or skills things instead of math, allow them to do that. They will build confidence in that. Having a student leave high school with confidence and knowing who they are is much more valuable than any content knowledge they could have. I promise you that. The world is different than school. I think we've established that. The other reason why I believe school is like the upside down refers to its structure and how. The work tends to flow downwards. The larger the school, the larger the system, the larger the organization, the more layers there are, the less effective communication is and the flow of information is from the boots on the ground, the teachers that are actually responsible for performing the service that our organizations exist to provide. And that information traveling to where people exist upwards that have power to make decisions that affect the atmosphere in which teachers try to provide the service. Less effective communication between those layers results in a lack of empathy. We know this. A lack of communication results in a lack of empathy. It's logical. How is that manifested in a school and why do I consider it upside down? Because every layer in a school system should exist, every additional layer other than just teacher, superintendent, pretty easy, polar, kind of polar opposites. I don't think they should be run that way, but uh, generally speaking, teachers provide the service, superintendents try to, should be trying to provide an environment that is least restrictive for teachers to provide that service. That should be their job. Maybe that's called servant leadership. I don't know. But it makes sense to me that because they have the decision-making power, they have to, they really have two things. One, establish the vision and where this organization is going to go, and the buck's got to stop somewhere, right? Someone has to be the final decision-maker. That's why they get paid more. They have to deal with the good, having the power to make decisions, as well as the bad, the responsibility of those decisions. I understand that every additional layer that's added in between teacher and superintendent should be added to reduce the workload or to increase the productivity of teachers. That's all it should exist to do. If you add layers in your school district or if you are a teacher, or you are a superintendent, and you can look up or you can look down, respectively, and you see that those additional layers are creating more work for teachers, then you need to rethink why they exist. When you add a layer into your school district, a layer of what is essentially management or administration, and it adds more work for teachers, I would ask you why you added it. If it takes more time away from teacher reflection or, or more time away from um, teacher preparation and creates more work for them, it shouldn't exist. I believe if we provide the least restrictive environment for teachers to allow them to be learners, education will improve and it will become what we need it to become. I can stand up here digitally and give you a whole bunch of ways that I think that this could happen. I could talk to teachers and say, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And I'll do a little bit of that just to share some things that I believe work, that I've tried, or things that I believe could work um, that I've not tried, that I'd like someone to try, or that I've seen someone else try and seen it succeed. I could stand up there and spelt the right answers, but if teachers aren't allowed the capacity to learn why those are the right answers, they will never work. They will never support them. You need to allow your teachers the freedom to learn and fail before they can find the right answers and move forward. You cannot just give them the answers. So if you add layers to your district that you think are answer producers, you're wrong. If, and only if, they add more work for teachers and take away more self-reflection time and take away preparation time. It is not going to work. Teachers will not, they'll get angry, they'll get frustrated. I don't blame them. I try in my job and I'm I'm one of those layers. I do not want to add more work. I shouldn't exist to add more work for teachers. They have roughly 170 days in their contract and 165 of those are in the practice of teaching. That is a very, very high percentage of productivity. I get it. It's taxpayer dollars. But when do you sharpen the ax? When When do they have time to reevaluate what they're doing? So, when I refer to upside down, I refer to the fact that because of a lack of communication, we get, we get a lack of empathy, and what results is this. Teachers at the bottom of this, really you could go paras even, teachers now have several bosses, and the one immediately above them in our, in in many districts that I see, it's it's an assistant principal or a vice principal. The vice or assistant principals believe that the teachers should do more to make their jobs easier. I, as the vice principal, think the teachers should do this. It would just make my job easier if they just did these things. And then the head principal believes that the vice principals should do these more do more of this so that his or her job is easier as the head principal. And then the director of teaching and learning or the HR director or the assistant superintendent believes that the principals should do this, this, and this. If they would only get this, this, and this done, my job would be easier. And it filters all the way up. If the superintendent believes that the people below him or her should should do more work to make his or her job easier, the system is upside down the superintendent should work harder and do more to make the people who it, who are directly below him or her, should to make their jobs easier, to give them more time to think because they're one step closer to the actual service being provided. The, the assistant superintendent or the HR director or the director of teaching and learning, whatever is directly underneath your superintendent should work harder and should communicate with the layers below to try to understand how and how they could work harder to make those lower layers jobs easier. And that should continue down. And what's gonna result if you adopt a culture like that is you're going to create more freedom of thought for your teachers, less pressure, and they will be more creative. They'll, be, they'll feel trusted. They'll understand that the, those people have their back above them and they'll be more willing to try new things, different things, and again, I firmly believe you can't just give them the answers. You can't just say, here, here is exactly what you should do, teachers, just trust me. They need to learn it on their own. They need to try it, they need to fail before they eventually learn enough to find the right answer for them because they're all different, all their classrooms are different, their talents are different, so what they need to learn to be successful is different. That's why I feel, those two reasons, why I feel education is like the upside down a little bit. And I will be, this will be really the first time I explicitly say it, and, and maybe I need to, and that is the, the reason why I picked Disrupt Ed as the name is because I don't have the answers for everything, I don't have the answers for barely anything. I All I know is we need to start spreading good ideas and creating opportunities for people to pause and think, whether whether the opportunity is listening to this podcast or listening to another one or, or watching a TED Talk or meeting a colleague for a beer, for a coffee, and talking about what they do. Uh, we need to give them time to think and really disrupt disrupt their thinking, allow them to stop working for their teaching and working on their teaching, and we need to disrupt our, our systems enough so that we we don't value conformity, so that we don't value compliance in our teachers and in our system. We need to break that. So I believe we need to break things down and tear them apart a little bit or at least pause and think about what we're doing. If I had all the answers, it would be answer ed or you know, the savior ed or something, I don't know. But I don't have the answers. All I know is we need to disrupt it a little bit. Have a great rest of your hump day. You're probably sliding on the back side of hump day right now. It's quite a visual. But um, enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of your week. Um, Vikings, You, you. I was able to turn off the, the game at halftime, which was actually better than being nervous all the way through. You totally got bl- blown out. And um, while I would have, of course, liked you to win any way possible, if you're going to lose, I'm glad you lost that way. There's always next year. Take care everyone, have a good week. Hi everyone, I hope you enjoyed that. Please head over to iTunes and give me, us a rating, whether it's one star, five stars, whatever. Let us know what we can do better. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you are in education and you are one of those layers in between teacher and superintendent, please think about what you do to affect those layers underneath you. Try to make their jobs easier. If you're in any organization, regardless of the fact that it happens to be an education or not, the same rules apply. Make those underneath you happier, lessen their workload, and culture will improve.